0: The kids, when they came off, off the game, out of the game, they were buzzing about it. They, oh, this is so cool! This is awesome! Oh, I didn't realise you know, all this kind of stuff was taken into account. So, to me, that that's valuable learning.
1: Listening to the NZPE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing health and physical education teachers. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform by New Zealand PE teachers for New Zealand PE teachers and their students. Check it out now at MyStudySeries.co.nz. ora everyone. We're here with um, Andrew O'Neill from Middleton Grange School. We've um, it's been a fairly hectic week in, in Wellington and, and across uh, the upper South Island with, with the earthquake. So um, it's been made for an interesting couple of days. Been a lot of evacuations around Wellington, um, but we've been we've been getting by. We're just um, down at Gasworks in Wellington, if you know Gasworks. It's a nice little pub and restaurant. Um, we've just finished up at um, Penn's Inspired leadership program, which has been a nice little two-day um, program where we've been looking at a few leadership things and hearing from some great presenters, um, so it's been quite quite good with that. So, um, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience and a few tidbits about uh, your school and the students, you teach Middleton sure. Grange School, right? Yep. I, I, I never, Grange, yep. I'd never heard of it until, yeah. um, until I'd emailed you. So sure, uh, okay. No, met, we met at Penns. We met at Penns, in, Penn's oh, that's yep. Right. That's where it all
0: started, with the um, scholarship stuff.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, so I'm Andrew. I've, this is, I'm have i just finishing off my 24th year of teaching. Um, <laughs> haven't been teaching all my life either, Um I went through the BEDPE program. I was one of the first, uh, in the first year intake of the of the whole program. Oh, wow! Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, kind of like forging the way there, and um, really wanted a job in Christchurch, but but that didn't happen. Uh, so I ended up getting a job in in of all places. So uh, went down there, and um, with my wife and two kids, thinking. I'll get my registration in two years and then get back to Christchurch. <laughs> but 12 years later, and two extra kids, uh, we finally got here. Yeah. Um, so, in my 24 years um, of teaching, I've been involved in volleyball pretty much all the way through. Um, I think the highlights for me in that time have been when I was at Hargist and our senior boys team won the Div 2 Nationals. That was a pretty big achievement for a team from Invercargill. Um, In Christchurch, uh, I did a bit of volleyball. I've done volleyball there too. And I think the the best achievement that I've really enjoyed is to see the boys um, in 2010 win the the South Islands. Nice. So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So, um, although I've been involved in volleyball that long, squash is actually my passion. It's what I really enjoy. So I quite enjoy the fact that I'm involved in that capacity, but also I can get out of the school environment and do something for myself, that kind of stuff tried playing squash once. Yeah, uh, once. And uh, my glutes <laughs> gone. Yeah, gone. Couldn't walk the yeah. next day. Do it again and they'll come right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, then I got a uh, the the curriculum leader's position at at Middleton. So I've been there for twelve years. Uh, Middleton's a a state integrated school, and it's from new entrant right through to year thirteen. It's about thirteen hundred people there and it's it's the way it's organised, it's got primary school, it's got a middle school year seven to ten, a senior college uh, year eleven through to thirteen and an international college as well. So um, yeah it's fairly complex but it's it's a lot of fun and, and a bit of a challenge in some ways to actually get the program running. Um the makeup of the school is about it's about sixty five percent European, seventeen um, percent Asian and ten percent multi Pacifica. Yeah.
1: What's the size of the senior school? So, uh, not the senior school, but the secondary component of the school? Yes. What's, what's the numbers yep. there?
0: So, we're just about 550. Okay. And in that, we've got, um, as far as next year's concerned, we've got 11, sorry, at yeah, year 11, we've got three PE classes coming in. We've got two at year 12 and two at year 13.
1: Yeah. That's pretty good. It's mm. very similar to where I'm at. Mm hmm. So we're here at the Inspired Leadership Program for Pens. Yeah. Um Two days has been pretty good, mm. minus the one afternoon session. It was yeah. okay. We could take some stuff from that, But yeah. um, what's been the best takeaway for you so far or across the two
0: There's There have actually been quite a lot of takeaways and it's to me it's it's a real challenge um, to now go back and actually just think about how we're going to integrate a whole lot of stuff. Um, to me, I've, I've come up with two ideas. Um, I wanted to see pretty much... Um, how we can incorporate within our program integration across the different curriculum areas and how we can link that all together, um, knowing that there will be challenges, but I'm, I'm up to that, I'm quite okay, and uh, we'll just take it bit by bit. So um, Shay's um, chatting about all the integration and stuff, and I think, like, for me, the biggest thing was to really hear about... Where is the 21st century going for students going out into the workplace? and So how are we going to prepare them? And just the whole idea of um, the key competencies, kind of things, working through our program as being that's what employers are actually wanting in their future employees. So you know, designing a course around that kind of stuff. Helen
1: Too said it. Um, she said it really nicely around how they they haven't thrown out the curriculum, mm. but that has become less of a focus for them and they're more yep. about those key competencies because mm. they are what um, employers want, yeah. they are what we should be striving our kids to be able to demonstrate um, mm. off the back of their hand without even thinking exactly. about it because there's some, um, some, some good stuff in there so I think mm. for me I really, um, I've done a little <coughs> bit of research around um, Torueta High School because uh, we've had Kelly Ross on the podcast and Hearing um, Helen and getting to hear her in person was awesome.
0: You could just sense um, the passion and the, the enthusiasm, and what came through to me was very much um, a real heart mm-hmm. for actually moving um, the students through, but in a sense, for the, the students themselves to know that they're really important and the whole person, whole order. Um, was coming through quite clearly, which was quite cool. And she had people crying, people yeah, yeah. crying. People yeah, it's crying. pretty awesome, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. You and can
1: make, I mean, uh, that's going to be my new goal next yeah. time I present <laughs> this, I want to make someone cry, but um, for the right reasons, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think a good couple of days, and definitely, yeah, if, um, totally. Next year, however, it pans out, um, encourage people to get along to that if you're thinking about middle leadership or being a leader because mm, it's uh, totally. Just even the networking is really mm. good. Yeah, um, I put a lot of faces to names um, over the last two days, um, which was which was cool. So I'm stoked with that. Mm. So we're really here to talk about um, this unique approach that you've got um, in your <laughs> level one course. Trying, <laughs> trying. No, oh, yeah. sounds like you're doing more than trying to <laughs> me. Um, but you've got this quite cool sport ed type model mm. um, around. Was it 1.4? You doing yep. it? Yeah. Um, tell us all about that, I've got a few questions Sure, yeah So um, when we started up <clears throat> We kind of like worked it through
0: With the students that we'd um, Look at some, some different options And so while The criteria shows quite a few Different influences and themes that you can look at We wanted to kind of like narrow it back a little bit Because what we are Trying to do within our programme is get That sociocultural perspectives um, Going right through and scaffolding So we don't want to um, at level one throw heaps at them, so kind of like let's just narrow the focus down so they get a real grasp behind what they're actually looking at. So um, some sports were selected that um, gave a variety. So we, we looked at um, modified lacrosse, we looked at uh, Zumba, and we got a guy in who runs a skateboarding rollerblading. Um, job and so the kids got out there and trialled a whole lot of that kind of stuff. And then the final part um, we, we did was a, a Ripper Rugby franchise tournament. Yeah. yeah.
1: So a franchise tournament, yep. um, so you're looking at having owners and stuff like that? Yeah. And how did that pan out? Yeah,
0: so, um, <clears throat> so our focus was on the media as an influence. And the theme was kind of like sponsorship and commodification within how the media and sport are, are operating. So this was kind of like a bit of a, it wasn't a last minute adaptation to the programme, but it was something we'd thought at, but kind of like in a couple of weeks leading into the programme, we said, well, let's let's try this, let's give it a go. Let's not worry too much about getting it right at the start, but um, give the kids, the kids a, a real sense of, well, actually, this is a little bit more of the realism behind what's actually happening out there in society for them. So the way we set it up um, was we, had, we got four teams, and so we and the other teacher, Andrew Gort, what we did was we, we set it up so that we had a group of, of students who were what we considered the, the better players, the better sportsmen and women in, in the group, To actually um, be put into a pool that became um, the draft players so we set teams up we had CEO in each team we had two managers and we had a captain and then so they were set so we set them up so the key idea was when we were putting these teams together we made sure that they were even so we wanted balance so that when they came together there was real competition going on so we did that, so we set it out. So you already had some part of the team yep. was formed, the, and you guys We, we set it. that form, yeah, because, you know, if, if you left it to them, there would be a lot of imbalance, and, you know, yep. we suck as a team and that kind of stuff. And, no, so and, and
1: actually, a good tip, because we've done something similar, but yep. we went from, um, from scratch. They could pick, but the only way to do it, to get competitive teams, was I had to group the students in each round. Yeah, so yeah. then, all of a sudden, the good kids know they're in the good kid yeah, group and yeah, yeah. the crap kids know yeah, yeah. they're in the crap kids <laughs> group and I had to do a bit of prior yeah. warning around that but it's mm-hmm. still a kid this group with the crap kids yeah it's not a good message to no, send. so no. I like the way that you've yeah. done it
0: yeah so we did that and we got them into the classroom and we um, showed them the teams and then we showed, showed them what the draft players were um, and who they were, and of course, you know, the old ripple effect of that kind of stuff. So it was, it was quite cool. And so what we said then is, right, there's going to be a silent auction of three rounds, but it's the CEOs and the managers only that could be in the silent, action. So, uh, silent auction. Sorry. So we flicked the others and said, all right, come prepared for some physical activity. We banged them into the gym so they could be active there doing that. And then what we did is we showed um, the CEOs and the managers, who the pool of players were that they could um, bring into the team. So, having done that, giving them time, they could discuss and see, you know, who were the ones that they wanted in their teams and that kind of stuff. And then,
1: so was it uh, was it like a combine? That they could see these guys in, in action. No, 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 no. It was kind of like, um, yeah.
0: So, we'll talk about that later on how how it went. Um, but this was kind of like. First up, right at the beginning, they were just going to pull these players in based on how they thought how good they okay. were, kind of stuff right. there. So the silent auction worked. Um, they loved it. The kids loved it, and they they spent a bit more. So oh, so we we gave them all 12 million dollars at the start. So Right. Uh, so they had 12 million. 12, 12 mil to start with. Um, and even the CEO and the the two managers, um, the pl- the captain, um, they were they there were set costs for them. So that came out of the 12 mil. Yep. Cool. All right. and then from what was left um, they had to buy these players in but they also had to think down the track that okay there's going to be a round robin um, and after the round robin uh, uh, there's going to be another draft transfer window mm-hmm. so they had their teams that they played around for round robin in and then they had the opportunity of going back in and saying oh well actually we want to buy this player in instead of so Did they need to
1: leave some money.
0: Yes. Oh. Yeah. So as I yeah, will talk a little bit more about that too, but as as the um, as the first round, Robin went. What happened was it gave them the opportunity to actually see how the players operated. Or when they came up against the opposition, they knew who the draft players were in the other team, so they could watch them as well mm. and actually see how they operated. So in that first round, the way the way we set it up. So we. Um, I put a spreadsheet together that basically all the CEOs had to do was to, was to put the value of, of the money in. So for the, for the players that bought, bang, they, they just put it in the cells and away way they went. But for each game, what we did, and it's not perfect yet, but what we did was we, um, so teams were allocated home or away games, and so there would be expenses for a home game versus an away game. Right, so so that was all set up, you know, for different things. And they, if you were a home game, for example, you had to supply um, theoretically two refs. If you were an away game, you supplied the third ref, which is the the video ref kind of thing. So we just kind of like mocked it up like that. Um, and they had there was costs associated with that, and there were costs associated. They had to cover. And there were uniform costs and stuff like that.
1: So now, that's really cool. That's yeah. that's what I'm hearing is that's quite unique, mm. like um, so SportEd has been quite popular in the two schools that I've taught in, but mm-hmm. not to the level like we might have, okay, yeah, you're you're the away team, you've got to provide the yeah. refs, but there's never been that um, yeah. monetary um, put to value it. attached, and, yeah. but that's what you're trying to teach around the sponsorship yeah. and the media that's and, right. and what the, yeah. these teams have to experience yeah.
0: So even though there was those kind of costs, they, they actually played the game without refs, so everybody was involved. So it was, just, it was just that theoretical thing. They had uniform costs, they had other costs. Um, for example, if you had a home game or well, you had an entertainment cost that you had to play. So if you had a home game, you in- invariably had more costs. But what we did to mix that up was that it wasn't, they, wasn't, they weren't set costs for each home game or away game. So we set up cards that had different costs and the CEOs would come in and draw out of the hat a different card. So for one home game, they might have had to pay more in entertainment than in another one kind of thing. So, like that. so the, the costs were varying all the time, mm-hmm. just to, to do that kind of thing. Then we also had play play game cards. And so that was another card that came out, and it could have been things like um, uh, your best player's injured, and so they're off for two minutes or whatever like that, or... Um, Foul weather comes through. Your um, your costs that you're going to get for um, putting it on has diminished heaps, or your spectators haven't come as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are all those kind of costs, and so you know you either you had good ones or bad ones. So that was just what had to go, and it was a bit of you know the luck of the draw um, that became part of the cost, positive or negative for for that for that round. Yeah. So um, and again, if they won, I think they got about a million dollars. If they lost, or if they drew, half a million. And if they lost, they got nothing. So you know that, that competitive edge was still there. It was that whole idea of well, within a franchise, we want to win, kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: it's um, it's got some really close links to um, not so not gamification, but uh, there's a lot of video games around sports team mm. management, and they've got to manage. Ticket sales yep. And, yep. and they earn from that and they've mm-hmm. got to think, well, what, ticket sales are poor, I need to put more vendors in to yeah. provide good food and yeah, yep. alcohol and mm. um, managing budgets and player budgets and are your players happy and, yep. and stuff like that. Mm. So how did you, with these cards that mm-hmm. they would draw out or mm-hmm. um, some of those other things, how did you tie them back in terms of linking... To the requirements of the standard, or their understanding around that sponsorship and the media and the impact on that, how did it link back to the theory? So we,
0: we had done some theory beforehand to give them an idea as to um, you know how, how the whole impact on media and and um, franchising of, of teams occurred. So they actually they had that all understa- understood before the actual game time. So when they came into it, they could actually relate, make make real that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, as far as linking it back to the criteria, that's that's an area we want to work on. We haven't we haven't got it totally sorted yet. Um, as far as gathering data for evidence and things, at the moment, what we do, because it was a last minute thing, we didn't get that tied up properly. But we've already been talking a little bit about what we want to do for next year. Um, but that's right. But, but, yeah. yeah.
1: You don't want to. I hate teaching to the assessment, you yeah.
0: know. What what I found, and what I'm thinking of is um, the kids when they came off, off the game, out of the game, they were buzzing about it. They oh, this is so cool! This is awesome! Oh, I didn't realise you know, all this kind of stuff was taken into account. So to me, that, that's valuable learning and. I mean, in reflections, do we do, what, what do we do? Do we say, right, let's actually just have some of the evidence when we're talking about self and others. Do we actually say, right, okay, so in your team, how did, how did your team operate? What did, how did you, What was the feelings like within the team? How did that affect you and influence others? And what were the others like in your team as a result of maybe, well, actually, we went pretty well. Oh, no, we didn't. We didn't go really well. So, you know, you
1: get all that variation there. But so I think when you've got an experience like that where they do come away buzzing yeah. and they're like, man, this has been a really cool process or experience, mm. and it might not have been tailored exactly for the standard or taught to the standard, mm. that's fine because, because the experience has been so authentic and meaningful yeah. to them, they're going to be able to... Um, Uh, pull apart that experience and find the answers they need and their reflections and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. You mentioned that you, so this is was kind of rushed maybe, um, first time trying it. What are you going to change next time?
0: Yeah, so so one of the things that I've been thinking about just in the last week or so actually is it would be pretty cool, and we're fortunate because we're in Christchurch, it would be really cool to get somebody from um, the Crusaders' outfit who are involved in the franchise within that aspect of promoting and, sp- and the sponsorship sort of things, to so actually come in and talk a little bit to the guys um, beforehand, beforehand like as, as part of getting that understanding of what it's all like, um, to get them to come in and just throw their slant on, well, this is how we operate and why. Um, yeah, and then for them to be able to take some of that stuff away and, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you have a good rugby team at Middleton? At Pass. <laughs> yeah. Why would you like to come and no, no, play No, no, no. I'm just saying. Like, if you've got a good team, then that'll be easy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure yeah, yeah. they'll be more than willing to, to come on by. And um, yeah, most people want to give back to the community, and I think yeah. that will just add another level mm. of authenticity when the kids can hear, you know, some of the challenges or some of the cool things that the yeah. franchise deals with. Yeah. Um, it sounds it sounds really cool. How has the performance. How, how did they perform in terms of stats against the national average for for one point four? Can um, you recall? Yeah, they're
0: the, the ticking along not too bad. Um, this year we're, we're slightly lower than normal than our normal, which is normally. Oh, sorry, I didn't mention. I did forget to mention um, Middleton's a Decile nine school, mm-hmm. so comparing its DSL nine rates and things like
1: that, we're normally just pretty much at, at that same level. Yeah. But that's that's to be expected if you're going to try something new and yeah. you're not necessarily yeah. worrying about teaching mm. to the to the assessment. So I I think um, I think that's that's really cool and a really unique approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that um, I think I want to challenge other people to maybe try to look at the level that they offer something like SportEd to mm. and um, really try to un, unpack some of the the. The way we do things, and try to make it a little bit more authentic and meaningful. Yeah. Because if we can make things more authentic and meaningful, mm. then those are the things that um, our kids are going to remember when they leave school. Yeah, and the thing is, like, what it, what happened was it became self-driven.
0: So you know, they were getting there early on time because they wanted to get out there and do it. They were the gear, here it are, Yeah. So they they did all that selves. They went and got the field set up yep. and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I just yeah, I just quite impressed with
1: just their level of engagement as a result of bringing that kind of idea in actually How has your um, How's your department responded Have they, are they? is there any talk of trying that in, a, in the junior school to the same level or other We like the idea um, but again we want
0: to kind of like make things uh, I suppose a little bit authentic for the different levels so you know like for level 1 you know that to be good but to kind of like scaffold it back a little bit within year 10 and year 9 for example um yeah, just to bring a little bit more of understanding about socio-cultural aspects and things like that, and and how society actually influences the way sport actually happens. Um,
1: yeah, so that's a work in progress. You could yeah. do some um, some really good work around um, ethnicities and yeah. some of the stereotypes around. I know there's it always seems to rear its head um, how the uh, the positions in in rugby some of the decision making positions tend to be white players and all the performance Mm. wingers, Mm. big athletic seems to go to the Pacifica or Māori you could delve into that around some of those cards that you pull out um, around I don't know salaries and stuff like that Mm. who earns the most money Mm. maybe there's some research floating around about the difference in in, I don't know if this is public knowledge in New Zealand with sporting salaries, like it is in America, but the difference between white athletes and and Polynesian and Māori athletes and what the pay scales are like and and stuff like that. You know, Mm. you could go as far as that and, I don't know, penalise teams for something around them. Ethnic Uh, imbalance or
0: something. Yep. Yeah. The the really interesting thing was, like, when we came, so we did the first round and they saw their places and stuff like that and... uh, where they came first, second, third, or fourth. Um, when they came into the transfer window, um, they had sussed out the good players. And of course, you know, there's a bit of a bit of a mad scramble for the good players. And um, but yes, there were a few shifts around, but there were also um, some of those good players going into different teams. Um, I wouldn't say upset the apple cart, but just kind of like the dynamics of the teams changed. Yep. Um, and yeah, there was some upset. So one of the teams that should have gone through into the finals missed out. Yeah. Uh, cool. So you know, it's it's really good for them to actually see that. You know, they think, well, money's going to buy all the top players, but at the end of the day, well, it didn't perform. Oh, well,
1: why is that? Yeah. There's so, some good yeah, links to American sport as well, but we don't see it in New Zealand to the level in America. Mm. But how, um, you know, I think in in New Zealand our athletes um, are str- have more of a, they're much their link to the team is much stronger than say an NBA player who mm. at any second could be gone to another team mm. and when like you said when they go to that other team um, they completely disrupt the chemistry mm. and they might be the best one of the top five players in the NBA and now they're paired with another top Absolutely. five player and yeah. who's you know whose team is this yeah, and exactly. all of those issues that that um, brings about just mm. I think that's um, that's really cool mm. um, so you've You've done a bit of work with scholarship. You got a scholarship yep. group this year. How did they um,
0: How they get by? Yeah, so we got um, we had seven up for grabs this time. Um, they all submitted. Yes, they all submitted. Yep, uh, it's being it's been an interesting transition into uh, the report style of of assessment. Personally, I like it from the perspective that um, you, you can get them into a much deeper level of critical thinking, because they go into the scholarship knowing what they want to look at, and so their time to be able to research and actually bring a quality um, assignment together, um, it just gives them and they're focused on that. Yeah, so, you know, it's just the whole idea of you make a statement, what do you mean by that, and what's your justification behind why you, what you're saying. Um, have been things that we've really, really worked at alongside um, a little bit of English training Yeah, so we had our curriculum leader for English come in um, he's been looking into a, a, a programme as far as essay writing is in particular that really focuses on, it's not how much you write it's the quality of what you do that, that counts so as far as the structure's concerned um, different styles of how you put your paragraphs together Um, the impact that they need short long sentences um, what your for example just even your introduction is and then again at the end just wrapping it all up yeah so it's kind of like we we really worked at trying to get them to take the reader along a pathway to actually see well Okay, there is this and there is that, and, and just to get them as, as they're taking us through to, you know, just to branch off a little bit more and, and go into depth about some of the different issues that were actually coming up.
1: How, how did your scholarship group work? Did you have lunchtime meetings? So school? we,
0: no, we, um, we pretty much focused on uh, term two, where we would get together um, and most of them were free, and we would run from a, a tutorial from half past seven in the morning for an hour. Yeah, and we would get together, and we would just go. And get them for breakfast, sometimes. Yeah, the ones that
1: were there on time. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, yeah. yeah, that's you know, taking taking making the commitment to turn up in the morning is. And they appreciated it, uh, you yep. know, and you could see
0: just the way that they responded and um, the feedback given. It was interesting just trying to work on the feedback. One of the one of the things I suppose I've I've struggled a little bit with was well, okay, it's it's their authentic work but how much kind of feedback can we give and what how how well can they use overseas research and that kind of thing um so th- yeah it's it certainly got better and i know for you carl um some of the stuff that you've given me as far as advice has been really good um put that into place and here's hoping i think yeah. one of the good things that i found this year was there was actually an exemplar of with the top student so that gave um the students themselves, a really good handle on
1: what to be aimed for. It was always going to be hard that first year and that transition from the exam to the report. Mm. Um, But I think this year there's going to be the quality. I hope we'll be a little bit better. I'm I'm a little bit... um, We struggled with some of our students. We've had a really... Our Level 3 class this year had 27 students. Um, And I found with that... Um, where our achievement hasn't been that great the time spent with some of my lower performing students that's a better way I was hmm. describing <laughs> the, the students before was crap that's not what I mean <laughs> lower performing students <laughs> yeah. um, the amount of time I've had to spend with them has kind of taken away from my top end which, yeah. is, um, yeah. which is really sad yeah. for them uh, we, we got two submissions right. um, which is um, uh, we hoped for about six or seven like yourself wow. But even for them, the students, they had a bit better idea of what was required this Mm. year, Mm. simply because of those exemplars and people getting their head around it.
0: And the good thing that I really, really liked, you know, (laughs) invariably, because I mean I said look, you guys have got a a big choice here, you've got a massive choice, you've got all the standards that you've done this year that you can choose and go for. Uh, They all chose um, the issues, trends and events, Mm -hmm. Um, a great variety. In fact, I think there was only two that were the same and those seven that were... Yeah, so it's really cool. Um, so I really encourage them to think deeply about that kind of stuff. What, what, what really grabs you? And take that and just really explore and, and critique. And while there was quite a bit more work for them to do in presenting that as a scholarship level, I know for all of them, although it was a bit of stress for them, they've actually come away feeling really happy. And it's kind of like... If I get one, that's fantastic. But it's actually taught me a skill set um, that I hadn't actually realised. And invariably, those standards that we've done, even at level one and two, um, our our students have come away thinking, oh, "That's a really cool concept They actually have thought about the impact that sport is actually having, or the way that society is constructing um, the way sport now is played." Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's really opening them up to that kind of stuff. It's not just about Getting out there and playing ball, and that's, yeah. the, that's
1: the biggest um, transition from exam mm. to report for me, is that in the exam <laughs> we're spending all this time preparing them to be critical thinkers around yeah. a topic that could be could be anything really. Yeah. We know the overriding theme, but they've got to then take an issue and think critical about it. But now in the report. We can just teach them critical thinking process throughout yeah. the year, and they Absolutely. learn to apply that process to everything they do, not mm. just prepare for this one event. And yeah. then I imagine a lot of them, when we had this exam approach, would right they they do the exam, and then that whole critical thinking process is out the door now. For some of them, mm. not everyone, but now because we're teaching them those skills and they're applying that from day one all the way across a the year, they're going to yeah. have those skills for life and be able yeah. to Absolutely. think critically. Assault, and that's what you know.
0: you're wanting, eh? Hey? Is the there's a, a method behind why you're doing what you're doing, you know, that you're wanting them to
1: actually take that skill set away yep. wherever they go. We don't want students to just settle for what they hear or what they mm. read, but to really mm. unpick it and yeah. go, well, this is what I think, and yep. here's what we need to have a bit of future focus on. Mm. So we've got, oh, how many weeks left? Three weeks? Something like that. Um, <laughs> holidays? What, what, what's... What do you got planned for the holidays, okay, and, and, yep. and what's your focus for 2017? Yeah, right. Um,
0: as far as holidays are concerned, there will be a bit of just kind of like tidying up the schoolwork. Um,
1: no, you don't like, do schoolwork uh, the holidays, eh? Hey?
0: Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, we do our annual shift like when we we're in Invercargill. Um, <clears throat> my um, brother and sister-in-law would go to Kaiteri from from Christchurch. And when they went the first time they said, Oh you've got to come next time. So we dragged all our camping gear from Invercargill to Christchurch for Christmas and then Christchurch to Kriteri. Nice. So and the first time I can still remember the kids, the four of them just coming around that corner and seeing the beach, they just, just blew their socks off. Hey? Yeah, beautiful. And when we came back when we came back, all they could say is, This is where we're coming next Christmas. This is where we're coming, <laughs> this is what we're doing. So yeah, fifteen years later. Even though the kids aren't there, we still go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the plan. We'll go there early January for about three weeks and just really chill. Um, I used to take my mountain bike up and do a few of the tracks there, but I actually quite enjoy just getting out there and running them now. So you Still yeah. run them? No? Oh, I try to. Yeah. Good idea. As far as 2017's concerned, I think a lot of stuff that I'm looking at, planning on doing, is, is a result of coming to this workshop, eh? Um, I think one of the big takeaways for me is I've I've always wanted to get into the kind of like um, integration of how how PE is is done within the school um, and how it can link into the other curriculum areas. So um, yeah, um, Rob and I will go back because Rob came up with us, and um, we'll go back and just chat away with our um, PE staff about it and. Um, I'm quite keen to, to start at a, at a low level because I think if you go whiz-bang um, it can really fall to pieces quite quickly yep. but being quite deliberate about maybe just getting alongside one curriculum area which I've already got an idea of um, and just chatting and saying hey look what do you think of this idea this is this is what we're thinking how could it link with you guys or yeah just just trying to get that whole concept of At the end of the day, um, key competencies are fairly critical, and how can we link that into the curriculum and yeah produce a program that the pupils themselves can actually see linkage across from just PE and how it can relate into all the other areas.
1: I like that starting starting small too, so not trying to link up math, science, English, and social studies, but going well okay maybe here's one or two learning areas. Well, I'm
0: even I'm even thinking if there's not. If there's not much of a, um, a take on it, to to maybe go to, for example, the English area and say, look, I want to do a unit within PE that has an English focus on mm. it. So rather than than them doing it within English, we could actually just get them to do something within PE itself that goes across to another curriculum area. So we'll just see how how it respond how they respond to it. Well, I think yeah. we
1: I think you find that we our learning area we we innovate a lot. Yeah. Yep. And I think we do it really well. I think we do it better than most other departments to an extent. Um, so I hope that pans out for you and I think yep. I hope you get some learning areas who are keen to put as much in as you might be prepared to put in and mm. you can come up with some really good um good end product there for your students which, mm. will be, which will be cool so good luck with that. Thanks. Um, look I really want to appreciate you for coming in um, and having a chat around Please some of that can. stuff for 1.4 I think um, that sported model is really cool but taking it that next step and um, And linking in the socio-critical stuff around um, sponsorship and media and all of those things really makes it a bit more authentic for the kids. Authentic in a unit that's already made so much more authentic because of that sportive approach. So um, Mm. keep that up. And also the scholarship, I look forward to hearing how Mm. your students get on Mm. in in terms of results early Jan, late Feb. And um, hopefully you pick up a few scholarships. And and I
0: liked liked your idea too, actually, about that, um, of actually getting the English curriculum to... To be able to critique some of the work, the assignment yeah. work. So that's something that I'll certainly look at because I know our curriculum leader there is would be absolutely, in fact, he came in and took a session on one of those mornings. Yeah. So he's just, he's absolutely passionate about it. So, you know, I, I see it as no big issue. I mean, he loves the fact that we're actually trying to link all this kind of stuff into our area anyway. So, you know, I know he'll be on board to even do a bit of critiquing. Cool. Yeah, so that's cool. Alright, hopefully the wind doesn't get you too much on the flight out. Mate. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. Alright, cheers Andrew. Cheers mate, thank you.